Luke 8. Nope. Going to, uh, go to edit and see if you can make it come up. Well, while we're waiting on that to come up, Luke 8, 22 through 25.
it's raining somewhere. And then you hear closer and say, I better get inside. And by the time you step inside, you're actually watching a sheet of rain come towards you. I tell you, we serve an amazing God. That it doesn't just rain right in one place. You can actually watch rain come. Listen, that'll preach in and of itself, but I'm not preaching that today. But you all, I, I, I happen to turn, uh, my, my household will tell you right now, they don't know why, they don't know what shifted, I don't know what shifted either. But at one point I told the Lord, and I believe it was during uh, the uh, graduate fast, I told the Lord that I think, or the Daniel fast, told the Lord, you know, not only do I want to fast from certain types of food, but certain types of things that I'm allowing to get in my ears, and certain types of things I'm allowing to come through the portals of my eyes, I want you to clean that up as well. And so I said, God, I, I, I'm fasting from TV too. And I did. I didn't know how that was going to turn out. But I did all right. And then when I turned it back on, all I wanted to watch was HGTV. I'm sick. Is, is that what I watch? HGTV. And, it, it, and it, can I just be honest with you? If there's a couple coming on that does not espouse to the uh, ordinance of marriage in which God ordained it to me, I change it to DIY. Don't play with me. What you ain't finna try to do. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> we got me. Uh-uh, no. No, no DIY. I don't care if it's Stone House Revival or what. We just gonna watch it till I can get back to the property, brothers. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just... Hey. But, for whatever reason, on last night, I said, okay, let me just take a venture out here. And I went to, uh, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Channel 8. Channel 8. That's the one that got the Storm Team 8, right? Channel 8. Yeah, so uh, as they do every year, they had on their, uh, I think that was probably the 14th repeat of Surviving the Storm. Y'all know they do that, that show every year, Surviving the Storm. And so they talked about the uh, year that we had last year with the hurricane. Talked about Harvey in, in Texas, and I've actually got a friend in Texas who just got back in their house like within the last month. They were flooded out of their house. They had mold probably up to that railing from the floor up just on their walls. They had to throw everything out, all of their furniture. They lost everything. They were able to rebuild in their house, and they had to, of course, get new furniture. But then we, we're talking about the physical stuff. We're not talking about the extra stuff, the emotional stuff that goes along with that. And then, of course, you know, there is, um, uh, what was the one that went through uh, Puerto Rico? Maria. What, what's name? Maria. 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 That devastated Puerto Rico. We have... Uh, uh, offices or had offices there in Puerto Rico and uh, there, there are still places that do not have lights in Puerto Rico. There are still places that are struggling to get in food and things like that. And we had Irma and I'm telling you, God saved Florida. Again. God saved Florida. Not because Florida is so saved. Because Florida, outside of Vegas, is one of the most ratchetest places. Yeah, I said it. 
when you can <clears throat> when you can go down the strip and see uh, 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 three or four uh, adult parlors on each side of the street in a metropolitan city, yeah, Tampa, and some that's in our own backyard, St. Pete, uh, uh, just down the road here in Seminole, over in Largo, all those places <coughs> where children are out and playing. It's not that we so saved that we dodged another bullet. But it was in God's plan that we dodged it. Yeah. But it's interesting, you all, that oftentimes we'll go through a storm and not learn anything from it. Mm. I was thinking just uh, not yesterday, but just the other week, I said, this is a good time to go and stock up on water when it's not a storm outside. Right. This is a good time to go and buy some flashlights and some batteries. When it's not a storm outside, right. you are oftentimes, we forget about the storms we came out of until we on our way into another storm. But I want to talk about storms today because life brings different kinds of storms. I didn't know anything about hurricanes until I moved here. <laughs> I mean, I heard about them. The closest we came up north was a tornado. And that thing, it would pop up on you before you knew it, fly through and be gone. Y'all get like weeks notices of a storm that's trying to take y'all out. Where they do that at? And even though, now mind you, snow is pretty. You can't get mounds of snow and it can be uh, dangerous. But truth be told, unless you stuck outside in the middle of the snow, Snow ain't coming in your house to kill you. Can I just be honest? There's different kinds, different kinds of storms. Of course, we encounter literal storms. We just talked about hurricanes. We just talked about uh, uh, tornadoes. We talked about snowstorms. There are blizzards. There are things like that. But you all, there are also figurative storms, storms that we have in our marriage. Storms related to work, storms related to businesses, storms related to our children, storms related to our finances, storms related to health. I think many of us know more about those financial storms than we know about anything else. Is anybody talking to me in here? Maybe y'all got the kind of money that you've never seen financial storms. But we have to understand you all that sometimes these storms will call us to feel like we smack dab out in the middle of the ocean. And can you imagine how the disciples felt that day? Verse 23 says that they were sailing along minding their own self-business. And here came a gale, a, a, a fierce gale of wind came on them, and they began to be swamped over by water. They began to be swamped over. They were in jeopardy. And matter of fact, the word says that they were covered over by waves. Anybody ever felt like you've been covered over by the waves or the storms or troubles of your life? They realized that they had a crisis on their hands. But what should you do? What should you do when you're dealing with a storm? When, when you're going through a storm, how should you deal with that? How should you handle the storms that come your way? Like they said yesterday on Surviving the Storm, how will you survive? Well, there are three principles that we can get from the text on today. The first principle we can get is that you've got to be ready. So before the storm, you got to make sure that Jesus is in the boat. 
Before the storm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get out on the water and then try and reach back and get Jesus. Before you get in a storm, make sure Jesus is on your boat. You have to understand the disciples didn't realize that the their, their survival was not predicated on the strength of the boat that they were in. Had nothing to do with how big the boat was. Had nothing to do with where they were positioned in the middle of the ocean. Their survival was predicated, it was based primarily and specifically on the fact that Jesus was in that boat with them. So my question is, is Jesus on board with you? While you in the middle of your storm, before you even go into your storm, is Jesus on board with you? Have you accepted him? Not, not just go to church, but have you really accepted him in your life? Have you, as we said this morning in, in discipleship boot camp, have you been called to be converted? And then if you've been called to be converted, have you accepted the call? Because some of us have been called, but we haven't accepted. Amen. Just like somebody called you on your phone. You can't talk to them until you hit whatever the green button is. I don't even know what it is. Now. It used to be you pick up the phone and say hello. Now you got to hit a button. Quick slide. Right. you got to accept the call. You can't say, you know, so. You know, I called you. I know I saw it. But why didn't you pick up? Well, I figured seeing it was enough. <laughs> so you're right. That's not communicating to the person. No. Or that person has an important uh, uh, message to give you. Hey, bro, I got your $500. Hey! Why didn't you call me? I did. Well, I saw it, but why didn't you tell me? You didn't pick up the phone. It's not enough, you all, to hear the call, but you got to accept the call. you got to believe Jesus. You've got to walk in the way of righteousness. He's done everything necessary to save you, but what have you done to help save yourself? Whether you're saved or not, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. Whether you're saved or not, everybody encounters storms. Nobody's immune from it. Matter of fact, uh, Romans 8, 22 through 23 says, For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only they, but ourselves also. Everybody goes through struggles. Everybody goes through. Matter of fact, Job even says, Man is born of a woman of a few days and full of trouble. So the issue is not whether you're going to go through a storm, it's when. And the question is, will you go through that storm with Jesus in your boat, or will you go through it without him being? I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to face the storms of life or even the storms of death without Christ being in my boat. That's right. That's right. I, I, where would the disciples have been that day had Jesus not been in the boat with them? Well, come on. <laughs> But isn't that how we feel sometimes? Yeah. At the bottom of the sea, you better check and see if Jesus is on your boat. Yeah. So not only do we need to make sure that Jesus is on the boat before the storm, but during the storm, you got to drop the bucket and go to the master. 
You got to drop the bucket and go to the master. What do I mean by that? Oftentimes, you all, when we're in the middle of the storm and we start watching the storms of life start to fill up our boat and we start to sink, we don't think to go to Jesus. We go and reach for a bucket. Maybe if I can get enough money. Maybe if, if I just tell him yes, even though he wrong. Maybe if I just give me a new boo to help me with stuff. I just give me a new job because they ain't going to do right. We get a bucket. That's right. We get a bucket and we get to bailing. Oh, we get a bucket and we get to bailing stuff out. But the problem with that is we will never stop bailing because we cannot fix the problem. If Jesus is in the boat, why you got a bucket? Yes, sir. If Jesus is in the boat, why do you have a bucket? Because a bucket is a temporary solution. Oh, God, help me up here. A bucket is a temporary solution. But you all, we get so busy with our temporary solutions that we forget that there's a permanent solution. The Bible says that the ship was filled with water. Now it leads us to assume that the disciples didn't turn to Jesus right away. Think about it. A, 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 a boat that's carrying 12 people, 13, plus a, maybe a captain, maybe some crew. So let's say carrying about 20 people. That ain't no little dinghy. That's not a canoe. That's a pretty decent-sized ship. And it has to be decent-sized because it said that Jesus went to the bottom of the boat to go to sleep. That's a pretty decent-sized ship. Yes, it is. To say that the ship was filling with water means that they waited quite a while to go and get Jesus. Uh How full is your boat? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can't you see him? Can't you see him? Everybody grab a bucket! It's not helping! You got 20 people trying to bail. And the water's still filling up the bucket. It took them a while before they went to go and get Jesus. Somebody probably said, wait, 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 wait. Why we do? You know what? Wait. Oh, God, I hear you in here. Somebody probably had the bright idea to go and get Jesus. So he could get another bucket. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh. Why are you sleeping while we bail? Right. <laughs> Probably went woke. Master. Here, get your bucket. Come on. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And I can just imagine Jesus. Mother, you helping me preach because when you know who you got on your boat, yes. first of all, you wouldn't wait until the water filled yeah, up the boat. On. Right. And then secondly, you wouldn't be going to him asking him to help you bail. Oh, God, help yeah. me in here. You would understand that your permanent solution was sleeping in the, oh, God. And if the permanent solution was sleeping and didn't have a worry or a problem or a care in the middle of the storm, why are you worried about it if he's on the boat with you? Come on, somebody. Mm. 
That's why I don't know about you, but when I travel and I got to travel with somebody, I try to travel with somebody who got some knowledge about traveling. You know what I'm talking about, Sharon? You don't want to be the one to know everything about traveling. And you got to tell them every step of the way. You on Southwest. When they going to call us? <sighs> Look at your thing. What group are you in? Okay, you in group B. Why you going to walk? That's group A. You in group C. You 59. Why are you up by three? Go back in the... You want somebody who knows something about traveling to travel with you. Okay, God, I hear you. Why you got folks in your boat that don't know nothing about fighting? Why you got folks in your boat that ain't trying to go nowhere? Why you got folks in your boat that know nothing about sailing? Why do you have folks in your boat that have ooh, that have no indication, no clue, or no desire to want to know anything about the place you're on your way to? Well, they said they wanted to go. <laughs> they was off work, so they had the money to buy their ticket, so that gets us in the worst trouble. Just taking somebody along that ain't got no kind of gumption about them. Don't have a clue about where you going. Why you going where you going? You going for a conference and all they want to do is hang out all night to you know, every night they want to take you with them because you don't want to you don't want to be the one to call home and say they didn't come back to the room. So you go go and make sure that there's a designated driver. Please preferably they not the designated driver for you. But anyway, so you tired going to your conference every day because you keeping up with somebody who got another agenda. I wish somebody would hear me up in here. Be careful who you got on your boat. And if you get in some trouble, make sure that they're willing to help you do something. Help you to call on Jesus. Yeah. Too. That's amazing. But don't have somebody that ain't willing to call on Jesus, ain't willing to do nothing. Just, oh, Lord, we going to die. We go to, why you bring me on this boat? You asked to be on the boat. Y'all know how we do. But somebody had the idea. Let's go and get Jesus. Doesn't it make sense you all that? And help me out here because we talked about him in boot camp. Some of these were experienced fishermen. Right, right. Uh-huh. They should have known what to do in a storm. But the fishermen had to go get the carpenter. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fix the The fishermen had to go get the carpenter. Yeah. To find out what to do in their industry. Wow. In their area of expertise. That goes back. Oh, we back up in the Sunday school lesson today. Don't think you so smart that you can get yourself out of a predicament. I've been here before. I know what to do with this. Okay. Mm. You know how that worked out for you. They ran, they ran to Jesus. The Bible says they went to Jesus and he was asleep. Verse 24 says they woke him up. Now, oh God, help me. The ship was filling with water. It fills you with water, which way? From the bottom up. But Jesus was sleeping the bottom up. 
Jesus was asleep in the middle of the calamity and wasn't worried. Y'all ain't talking to me up in here. He was resting in the midst of the storm. Even though it was water probably coming around him, he was resting in the midst of the storm. And if you're in Jesus, you ought to be able to rest in the middle of your storm too. Mother say go to sleep. You better quit losing sleep over this foolishness. But see, I see that a preach right there. You better catch it. But see, the only way for you to be able to rest in the middle of your storm is for you to have faith enough to know that the one that you got on the ship with you is able to take you through the storm. If you don't believe in the one that's with you, then what's the point of having him with you anyway? Oh, God, help me in here. Why do we have Jesus if we're not going to believe in Jesus? Why do we say that we trust Jesus when we really don't trust him? Why do we carry his name when we're not going to rely on him in time of trouble? we got to make sure that we put down our bucket and go and get the master. The Bible says that they went to go get Jesus. They decided to quit trying to ride it out in their own strength. And they turned to him. You all, we've got to remember to turn to him, to trust him, to depend on him. That's what God wants. God doesn't ever want us to get to a place where we don't need him. Right. Now, understand us as parents, we raise our kids to be self-sufficient because we don't want them to come back home. Is anybody with me in here? Sure, you're right. How many of us don't put our children out and they end up coming back home? I know I'm not by myself. Come on. <laughs> and you sit there and wonder where you went wrong. Mother, straighten your face out. Straighten your face out. You wonder where, I, where did I go wrong? Did I not change the locks? Did I... What didn't I teach him? What? I'm too soft. That's what it is. That's it. That's it, right? I see we soft. need a support group right here. We need, we need yeah. a support group. Shit, that y'all. But we raise our children to be self-sufficient so that they can go and, and live and, and, and prosper and, and be self-sufficient. God isn't trying to do that with us. He's raising us up to be self-sufficient in him. Yeah. <laughs> our, our reliance, our self-sufficiency is in him and in him alone. We can never live apart from him. All right. So that's what God wants. He wants for us to put down the bucket and go and get the master. Let me keep going. But we have to understand that after Jesus came up, and rebuked the winds and the waves. And it became calm. Jesus just simply looked at him and said, where is your faith? I've been with you this long. Where is your faith? So we talked about what to do before the storm, what to do during the storm. Now this is what we need to do after the storm. We need to grow because of the storm. We need to grow because of the storm. What, what, what does that mean? It means let the storms grow you up as a believer. Jesus could have just went said, be still. Everything got to be still. And he went, and went back down and went back to sleep. But he asked them a point in question. Where is your faith? How many times have you felt like you've gotten to a place where you're like, man, 
What used to bother me doesn't bother me that way anymore. It, it, it doesn't affect me the way it used to. It doesn't make me mad the way it used to. It doesn't make me cry the way it used to. And then all of a sudden, something comes and throws you off your square. And now you don't pick up your bucket again trying to bail stuff. And then you finally remember, oh, 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 I need to call Jesus. Then you call Jesus, and Jesus has to ask the same question again. Where is your faith? Because he hasn't stopped doing, but sometimes we stop believing. Amen. He hasn't stopped doing. He hasn't stopped delivering. He hasn't stopped saving. He hasn't stopped supplying needs. He hasn't stopped doing that. We just stopped believing. He said, Pastor, that's not true. Now, I do believe. But you should not still be believing at the same measure of faith that you were believing at before when he showed you so much more and you still got that same level of faith. With every storm, it ought to grow your faith. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Every storm ought to grow you. It's just like even though we don't like storms, storms usually bring a lot of rain. And if you notice, it's a lot of foliage that grows right after a storm. Because they get a lot of moisture. They get a lot of rain. And so if it doesn't drown it, oh God, I hear you. If it doesn't drown it, it causes it to grow. That that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I wish somebody would talk to me in here. So we have to understand you all that every storm should cause us to grow. That's why Jesus asked the question, where is your faith? He wanted them to reflect on the situation and to examine their hearts and to look at their own personal faith. What caused me to start bailing and not trusting? What caused me to feel as though I didn't turn to Jesus right away. And when they finally did turn to Jesus, it wasn't because they trusted him. It was because they were afraid they were about to die. So we got to understand you all that we should turn to God, not because we're afraid we're going to die, but because we trust the fact that he's going to be able to take care of the situation. Storm, storms are a wonderful test. The wonderful test to see exactly where we are in our walk with God. Are we fearful or are we trusting? Do we pray or do we worry? Are we growing or are we stagnant? Is, it, is our faith little or is our faith strong? Is your faith based on what you can do? Or is your faith based on what God can do? Because depending on what your faith is based on will determine how many lies the enemy can get away with telling you. But notice what the disciple says, and I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Notice what the disciple says. Disciple says, after he said, where's your faith? Scripture says that first of all, they were fearful and amazed. Not fearful like they were afraid of Jesus, but they were just like, what just happened? <laughs> and then the scripture says that they said, who then is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Who is this we got on our ship? 
business that's riding on our boat. You all, you got to ask the question, who is it that's with you going through your storms? A last comment for you, don't waste your storm. Don't waste your storm. Your storms are coming for a reason. They're coming for a purpose. Don't waste your storm. Your storms ought to grow you. Before you're going into a storm, make sure you got Jesus on that boat with you. When you're in the middle of the storm, if you, you, I'm telling you, before you even get in the trouble, you're not going to be able to get yourself out of the storm. Don't even dare reach for your bucket. Go straight to the master. And then after that, after that, you need to grow because of the storm. Don't waste your storm. Don't cause your storm to come and then you didn't learn anything from it before the next storm. I'm going to go and get me some water and I'm going to have it stacked up here at the ministry or whatever. I'm just going to start buying water. When it's on sale, I'm just going to start stacking it up because of nothing else, this ministry is going to be able to help everybody else who can't find water if the storm comes. I'm going to get some batteries. I'm going to get some, some, some flashlights. I want you all to start thinking of the same mind. Because man, how many of you are without power for a while? When the storm came last year, you were without some power? Did anybody lose anything, lose any food, lose it? Yeah, lost stuff? Yeah. Going through stuff like that ought to cause you to think differently. You were stuck in another state? Yeah, we were stuck in, in, in another city. Because we didn't, we didn't think about, we were thinking about getting out of the way of the storm, but then we didn't think about the impact of the storm that would cause us to keep us from getting back home. Because if we had been here and the power went out, at least we would have been home. But we were someplace else and the power went out, we couldn't get gas to get home. And it makes a difference. So you all, when we know better, we do better. Not just in our physical storm, but in our figurative storms and our emotional storms. You shouldn't ought to be going through storms the same way this year that you did last year. Amen. Now that's not to, to talk about anybody and dealing with the stuff that you're dealing with now. But it ought to cause you to reflect. Why am I going through it the way that I'm going through it now? And you know what? I, I felt the same way last year when this happened. Something ought to change. God is wanting you to change. He's wanting you to trust him, to rely on him, to depend on him. What do you do when you're going through the storm? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed.